but I just, I'm not, I don't seem to be benefiting from this. You said that I'd be wanting to sleep yes. with that woman at the bus stop. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Blood, Sweat, and Gear with coaches Skip Hill, Andrew Barry. I'm Scott McNally, and all of our programming is brought to you by TrueNutrition.com. Use our code THINK for additional savings, high-quality, third-party tested supplements, everything from your most expensive Cadillac of carb powders, highly branched cyclic dextrin, all the way down to Carbo Load, which you can get like a 1,000 servings for $11. It's really, it's cheap, but it's good stuff. Also, go to supplementsource.ca for Canadians. Get your ephedrine. Get all sorts of great deals on label changes, stuff like that. And thank you to everybody from Patreon. I do think I have a couple Patreon questions here. Uh, feel free to post up comments and or questions in Patreon, and we got you guys take priority. So to start us out, I'm just going to go with this one. Um, we had a bunch of questions, but why don't we just do like a cycle question? Why don't we do a cycle question? We'll go to the gear of blood, sweat, and gear. How about this one? Question for the next uh, episode of the podcast. Um, uh, I have heard multiple times that you grow more on your first cycle than any other cycle. I have also heard recommendations to start with a small dose or simple compound like VAR or T-ball for your first cycle. If you only get uh, one first cycle gains once, uh, wouldn't it stand to reason um, one that the first cycle push the pedal to the metal PS uh, these days are long behind me personally, but I have been kicking this question around in my head a little bit. Okay. So I think really, I don't necessarily agree with that statement. I think it's a relative sense of you're making your best gains with your first cycle because before that you were natural. So it seems like you're making your first gains. I'm going to go a step further and say like, for me, my best cycle was probably like my 18th because I had really? all my ducks. I, I'm, I'm throwing a number out there, but yeah, I'm yeah. saying like all my ducks were in a row in terms of understanding quality nutrition, understanding recovery, not just going to the gym six or seven days a week and training and blasting everything until I couldn't walk, like understanding recovery, understanding proper nutrition, supplementation, all those facets were basically, you know, contributing to the success of that cycle being the best cycle because there's synergy, right, Skip, mm -hmm. between PEDs, proper training, proper recovery, rest, all those different variables that we're always talking about. So it might seem like your first cycle is your best cycle, but that's like, I can't even think of an analogy right now, but it's just because you've never had, you, you didn't know what you were missing before, right? And the gains on the first cycle, let's be fair, they're not always clean. We gauge that progress on the first cycle primarily by strength and scale weight. And I don't yeah. think that is a very good, again, it's relative. I appreciate you pointing that out. Um, 18th was very arbitrary, but nonetheless, I got your point. <laughs> yeah. I've only done uh, 19, it, by the way. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> um, I, I know looking back, because, you know, I have to go back a long way. Um, you know, I can't say my first or second cycle was great because it was just an oral. I was literally a teenager. But when I mm -hmm. got to that third and fourth cycle, those were decent. Yeah. <laughs> put a little more money into it, put more shit in there, and and it worked very well. Uh, and also had learned more about nutrition and training too. So the, the pedal to the metal, um, and you know, aphorism, if you will, <laughs> doesn't make a lot of sense. Look, here, here's the thing: you can throw, you can throw the kitchen sink at it, 
and you're probably going to get the same gains that you would if you held back. So that's our, our kind of our uh, modus operandi as bodybuilders. We throw everything at it. It's more is better type thing. And it doesn't it, with gear. It's not that you're going to come up short. It's, it's just overkill. There just comes a point. It's like when you first start out your and this is the best analogy I can think of your gains in progress is a shot glass and you can overfill that and then everything is wasted. You still will have a full shot glass. But everything else is all over the table and it's made a big mess. Uh, the fifth, sixth, seventh cycle, you know, you get into what? Say like a coffee cup or, a, or an eight ounce glass where you can still fill it up, but you can still go over. So the, the bigger question is just why? When you don't know and you don't know where that top end is, I understand the concept or the idea of thinking, well, I'm just going to throw more at it. But you're so responsive at that point that it would be better still to hold back. The recommendations that we've always given for first cycle, I think are still dead on. They're dead on. They were dead on 10 years ago and they're dead on now. They're, it's, it's great advice. My, to, to kind of piggyback off that, I would just say, instead of worrying about doing more gear, make sure that your nutrition and your training is locked in and then ride that cycle. And you're going to benefit from that cycle without having to take more gear. Yeah. And I think the mistake, too, is that once we start up, we're really only going to want to go up from there. So mm -hmm. if you start at a really high dose, then what are you doing for your second cycle or your third or your 18th? You know what I mean? If you start at like a gram, then where are you going to be, you know, down the road? There's that. Right. I'll say this, that when I did my first cycle, I had body built multiple periods of time in my life and I got serious and I decided I'm going to try to put on some muscle and I'm going to, I didn't understand diet this whole time. Like I understood like you needed more protein and you could drink a carbo for a carbo force. Remember those drink a carbo force when you're working out and you know, like that's going to help you. I understood all the training stuff. I didn't know about diet. And when I, I kind of understood, started understanding diet and gear at about the same time. And I thought, okay, so I want to do a cycle, but I'm going to figure out the diet thing and make sure that I do as much as I can with that because my biggest fear with my first cycle was that I was going to be so happy with how I looked and that I was going to lose all of it. Like, seriously, I was terrified that I was going to do a cycle and I was going to blow up and feel like, man, I look great. And then literally come right back down to nothing when I was done. So I yeah. nailed the nutrition thing. And I actually made like, I would say better progress in my first and second cycles than I had down the road. I, I really do. I really do think that I fit into that. But I really, like I said, I really did everything I could to make sure that I was doing stuff right. Plus, I was at about like 30. So it's not like I was a, a kid doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just just messing around. Um, but did I make more progress later? I think that I, I utilized things better down the road. You know, I obviously took more, too. There there was that. So I don't know. I got a question for you, Scott. I think you said body built. Did you? I did. I, I did. Is that a word? No, well, that's the thing. I'm I'm not a linguist. I am well, a pedo. You, you, well, you know linguist. what I meant, right? You know what I meant. Well, I did, and that is the first. That, that's the first thing that people will say is communication. As long as you can communicate, <laughs> arguably. But here's my question: That would be the past participle for bodybuild. So, if there are any linguists or people who are smarter than me, so there's comment people. Below. Comment below. Yes. Is anyone listening? Build? Anybody listening yeah, at all? Anyone, <laughs> anyone who's breathing. Yeah. Um, is body built the past participle for body build? I had body built because yeah. you, you, it would be 
past parts that you have to have had or have in there. But yeah. um, I'm curious. I it could it could be. It's just not something that I've ever heard. I, I've I never seen it, it written. I, and I waited and I waited. <laughs> and, I'm listening, and I'm and I'm trying to process it without googling it because I yeah. could Google it. But yeah. I'm curious. I don't. You might be right. I I don't know. I learn things like this from you guys with the word. <laughs> The word usage sometimes. <laughs> By the way, it's Garanda, not Geronda. You that were right. One, you yeah, were right. Came, well, I don't know that I was right. Okay. What it was, I didn't know. And at yeah. the time, I thought there's another word that I have been saying incorrectly for all these years. It's hypertrophy. Hypertrophy. <laughs> <laughs> strength. <laughs> it is strength. Yeah. You strength. do like strength, though. You, strength, and I hear yeah. you say it because you'll hear Skip get down and he'll be like, if you want to develop a lot of strength, <laughs> and it's orange, not orange. It's Florida, not Florida. All right. We got a bunch of other stuff, though. It looks like there's a lot of gear stuff this time around. Probably we didn't. We did a lot of training talk. So all the gear questions built up. Mm -hmm. Charles, who is a real person in our group, I actually had to message him because you see that picture. That's the Tom from MySpace, his profile picture. And I was like, is this dude fake? So anyway, his question is, um, do you think of Anivar sublingual to lessen liver toxicity. Yeah, but you're going to swallow it. You're not going to do yeah. sublingual and spit it out. Come on, bro. <laughs> well, because, well, I mean, you guys have all done sublingual supplements before, right? Sure. To, to fully absorb that thing, you got to sit there for an hour. Yeah. Who is doing that? Like, you're doing it for like 30 seconds. And then as the week goes on or the months go on, have you taken it five seconds? And before you're just like, it's all going to the same place, right? Yeah. So I, I don't think it makes a difference one way or the other. Uh, a 5% difference because people like numbers. Yeah. And there's going to be more saliva that's going to build in your mouth. It has to go somewhere. Don't spit it out because you could be spitting out Anabar. And no one wants to waste Anabar. No. God, no. Yeah. I remember they, they had some sub like specifically sublingual Anivar a while back um, from one of the UGLs, and then I had these pucks. They were like little, they, it was like a little square. It was Trochus. wax. They were like wax pieces. It wasn't a troch because I've had testosterone okay. troches. Have you seen those? That's actually yep. like um like a little thing, a puck that sticks to your mouth. These are like uh, it was like a little square of wax. And uh, I might okay. even have a couple left. They came from a pharmacy, from a compounding pharmacy. And they're 50 milligrams a piece. And they had a mint flavor. And you just stuck it under your tongue and let it dissolve. Of course, you know, the saliva is going down your throat, too. But yeah, whatever. Yeah. What about like a spray? You could use a nasal spray. I just wouldn't want Anivar in my lungs. I've got yeah. enough drugs in my lungs. I'm pretty sure that's not something. What about a suppository? Well, there you make go. They do make estrogen and progesterone and testosterone suppositories. Sure, and I so, enjoy yeah, putting yeah. things in my butt. I don't know about you I, guys, but I knew you did. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't want to risk getting us demonetized. But uh, I'll say. True. I'll say it. Um, mm -hmm. I remember this guy who was training at the same gym as me and this dude coached him who like, yeah, I, the guy didn't like mm -hmm. me and he talked a bunch of crap about me all the time. And, it, it, it and, then I, and then I find out about his coaching methods from this other guy that he's coaching. And he tells me, yeah, uh, Aaron is having me use my uh, halo. We'll say, well, I'll say it this way. Intranasal. It was halo gotcha. powder or tablets yep. that, are, yep. you know, yeah. 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 Gotcha. N never heard of that one before. He was like, because it'll be better absorbency for the halo. <sighs> hmm. 
I don't think so. I'm I just going to go on record. Is, you can get away with it when it's microgram stuff, like a like a peptide. It's micronized. Yeah, or it's micronized. Okay, yeah, fair yeah. enough. Well, what I was saying, um, I was actually thinking about the fact that the, oh. the dose is lower because yeah, there's not you. as much drug and not as much. And then you get in. Yeah, but I mean, let me go. Let me, weight too? No, let me counter that. Let me counter that because it's still bonded to um, mm -hmm. whatever material. So oh, you're still correct. putting the same yeah. amount of stuff in that area, which could corrode or not corrode, but could block mm -hmm. the absorption. Yeah. I, just yeah. take the take the things the way they're meant to be taken, people. Just take them the way they're meant to be taken. <laughs> exactly. We just spent ten minutes. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, next thing you know, it's like, oh, you know, I'm, I, I find these veins in between my toes, and I'm in, yeah. I, I converted Good. anivar into a liquid suspension, and I'm putting it, yeah. but now my toes falling off too. Like you know, like <laughs> just take them the way they're supposed to be taken. There's already enough health implications that could come up from taking them normally. Why you know, <laughs> right, right? Why right. add to the list? Worse, you know. Yeah. Plus, how embarrassing would it be to go to a doctor and, and you have to have some type of you know surgery on your nose because you've been putting things up there that don't belong yeah. there? You know? I had the same problem putting things in my butt, but when I say butt, <laughs> I mean the con I mean the conjunction butt, not not the you know like butt not the O ring. Yeah, no one there. The algorithm can't catch a conjunction, so you're good with butt. <laughs> Guys, we have a guy uh, named Nate Spear. He's an IFBB pro uh, in, the, in the Florida area joining us today for listening on the uh, live stream. He says, what's up, guys? I've got a quick question. Uh, for something like ADEX, does frequency of when you take it matter? So, like, um, I've done... Be a good question milligram. for your coach. <laughs> I think it's if you had a coach. Yeah, I've right. done. Uh, if you need a coach, reach out. McNally Dice at gmail.com. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so if I take uh, something like one milligrams Wednesday, Wednesday or Saturday, um, or is it more effective to do it every day or every other day? I don't know. Maybe we should have Andrew answer this and, I and mean, us not answer it. <laughs> just. <laughs> Take your whole season's worth of ADEX at one time. Yeah. So, like the start of your cycle. You don't have to, yeah. You don't ever have to take it again. Right? <laughs> That's it. Don't Get it all done. It. It, don't. it all goes <laughs> the same place. It, it just sits there and then it, your body pulls with. Now, any, any compound we're talking about, and I know Skip agrees with me because we talk about this with, with regards to testosterone and other things, is the more frequent dosing, the more stable your blood levels are going to be. So if you're dosing your PEDs, say testosterone every other day, I would dose your AI the day after that every other day. Yeah. Because that's when the peak activity of the testosterone aromatase enzyme is going to be active. So I, I just think it makes sense to try to mimic what you're doing with your testosterone and other PEDs. Do you take do it you the same day? Oh, do you take it the same day or do you take it the day after? The day after. What do you guys think it, about Arimidex? I just want to piggyback off the Arimidex thing. What do you think about Arimidex with TRT? I'm not a big it, fan. It, I'm just, that's it, why I well, ask. It's overprescribed because doctors yeah. will, I, I think it's very, um, not, not only inefficient, but dangerous for doctors to prescribe TRT and without looking at blood works, blood levels, say two weeks later, just give you a script for a Remedex. I think that's exactly. the stupidest thing because how many times do you get a guy who's on TRT and he comes back and his, and his estradiol is like six to 11 or something like that. Mm -hmm. And he's wondering like, am I taking too much testosterone? Am I No, it's just, you're taking too much of an aromatase inhibitor. So my first move with that is cut it and then tell your doctor you're going to cut it and then go get labs done and show him the lab work that proves you don't need it. Yep. It's how ironic when middle-aged men go on TRT because 
their sex drive and, and their energy is low and everything. And then they go on TRT and immediately the doctor crashes their estrogen. Right. It just, so the problem it's just the height of irony. It's like, and they, and, and they, the client wouldn't know nine out of 10 times. But I just, I'm not, I don't seem to be benefiting from this. You said that I'd be wanting to sleep yes. with that woman at the bus stop <laughs> and, and they don't notice any difference or it's worse. I, that's, yeah. I is that what your doctor told woman, you, Skip, when you got into No, but I think about fat women at the bus stop because I was a teenager. I used to have to ride the city bus to the Y Center to train. Yeah. There were always really fat women at the bus stop. So that, I guess it just has this visual for me that if I were on a bunch of stuff, I wasn't at that point. That's what I was going to ask and, next. You know? And that's the thing. when you're on, You guys know this. You guys know this. You, you I don't know if I know about the fat Okay, the listeners will know this. <laughs> as soon as you get on cycle, it's kind of like beer goggles. Fives look like dimes, sometimes fours, you know, that when you're not on cycle, you're like, mm, I got to stick with eights, eights, eight and a half, you know, that sort of thing. But it drops. It drops when you're on gear. Uh, I'm going to say that the male mind has like a that's spectrum. That's because like, Rachel's behind you like, doing laundry. You're not able to answer this question. I can't show you, but I think the spectrum's like this to begin with. It might get a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like within yeah. within oh, yeah. reason. Yeah. But, well, you know, because like society or media will make it sound like guys only want this one particular type of female. And it's like, have you ever asked a guy? Like you've yeah, ever asked, yeah. like surveyed like right. five guys? It's like the range is all over the map. Yeah. Thick. Let me ask you guys Tyrion. something. Skip. Well, we're talking about yeah. controlling estrogen. Thick. Have you no, guys we're seen? We're talking about thick women. Scott, come on. <laughs> I want to go back to just bodybuilding. God, where's Ron? <laughs> no, go ahead. Well, go we're ahead. talking about controlling estrogen. Have you seen situations where where Masteron doesn't necessarily do very much of anything for estrogen control? Yeah. When it's fake. Can or it can't. Yeah. yeah. When it's yeah, fake. Can or it can't. That's a damn good point. Yeah. I think some people are more responsive to it than others, absolutely. Right, yeah. But I. I mean, it's hard to say because we don't have this vacuum situation where we were with somebody their whole, you know, stage of PED development or PDD use where they're just using 200 milligrams of testosterone. Then they're yeah. just using 400 milligrams of testosterone. Then they're using 200 mg or 400 milligrams of testosterone and 200 mg of masteron. Like we just don't have those experiences because people want results. So we're going to gear more towards the result side of things versus trying to make sure the lab work is perfect and then worrying about the results. Right. Yeah. So. But, but no, I think there's a, there's a spectrum there, obviously. Um, what I want to know is why more doctors don't actually use a little bit of Masteron instead of an AI. Oh, that's where I was going to go. I would rather do Sorry. 100 milligram have myself. If I were just TRT, knowing what I know now, I'd rather do 100 milligrams of testosterone and 50 milligrams of Masteron twice a week than to ever go anywhere near Arimidex. Now, I don't have estrogen that's out of control on TRT, and some people do. It, it can, mm -hmm. you know, there are those exceptions to the rule, but I would much rather see that out of a client or a friend or my dad if he came to me and said, Hey, I want to get on TRT. And I, I would recommend that first. I think that's. Would you even better. say it's healthier, Skip? I think it could. I think it could be just because a remedy. It used to be that. It was thought that aromasin was, uh, this is back in the day in the message board era, that aromasin was like killing an ant with a grenade. But I think it's Arimidex. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, letrozole. Yeah. We, that one's fallen by the wayside, thankfully. But I think yeah. Arimidex is incredibly, not only is it incredibly strong, but it just, 
it just destroys your your lipid profile and Mm -hmm. when you're just not on much testosterone look i i think a lot more people can just do trt without any ai anyway that's what i think if you're in normal range if you're in normal range you know i don't think Mm -hmm. that the there's a huge need for i think that we have that need more so when we're starting to get to that like sports trt trt plus yeah you're right but the reason i asked you guys about the master on is because in the last you know year or so I've given it more of a fair shake and I've seen some people that it's it's not like unified. Like with Arimidex, it's pretty damn unified, you know, the result yeah. that we're gonna get. But like with Masteron, I've seen some people respond to it and some people some people don't. Some people still have, you know, high estrogen using and these are people that maybe I've worked with for an extended time, people that have been using and some of these guys are using like the same gear as the other guy was. Mm-hmm. So it's like I'm I'm familiar with the compounds. I trust it. And not saying it's always anything's always perfect. You can't say that with a UGL, but it's just yeah. it's interesting because there's some variability that I'm noticing. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, let me ask right. you this I about agree. the variability. Well, uh, any chance that the clients that you've had that have higher estrogen levels on TRT could have had higher estrogen levels to begin with because they're heavier? I'm not crying. I'm wiping the shine <laughs> off of my face because my makeup lady is not there today. Oh man, that, that, that's definitely an option, or that's definitely a possibility. Sure, yeah, I, yeah. that's why that's why I said we don't have all this experience of seeing someone without TRT and then with 200 <laughs> mg of test or 400 mg of test and a little Masteron or 400 milligrams of test and half a milligram of Arimidex. We a lot of clients won't give us that amount of time to yeah. test out all those different options and they're not willing to go and get labs done every three, four weeks so that we can try all these little protocols out to find out the exact perfect situation. If there's like a right. million out there, millionaire that wants to hire me and wants to come up with that perfect <laughs> plan, I'm, I'm game to do all that stuff and to do the work for you and, and to figure out all these scenarios. But like I said, like clients want to get results. They want to try to do their best to stay healthy and within ranges that they, that they find acceptable. So that's what we're, we're tasked to do. And I tell, I tell clients this all the time. If we start a protocol and I don't know anything about your estradiol, I'll have you go and, you know, I mentioned this, uh, Merrick Diagnostics, you go through them, they use LabCorp to get your estradiol checked, it's $18. Like yeah. it, 10 minutes out of your life, go in and get a blood draw. To me, that's worthwhile information that we can use going into the future. We don't have to do a full set of labs, so it's not expensive. We know you're already healthy. We just add a little bit of testosterone. Let's see what your estradiol is two to three weeks into the cycle to see if we even need to have um, any estrogen support. Yeah. 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 I've just noticed it in various people that guys that I have worked with for four years where we used to use more Remedex and test. Mm -hmm. And now we're, you know, trying to get away from that. And then I'm seeing like for some people it's great for others. It isn't. So I guess my only thought is just to say that it's, if you're listening to this, don't think across the board that, you know, using master on or primo is going to be the answer. The other thing I'll, I'll, it's not really a challenge to you, Skip, but the idea of using, uh, you, you said like 100 tests with 50 mast. I think that that's finding good. But what I've seen that translate into is that Masteron is like this inert compound that in itself doesn't have any negative effects whatsoever. I talked to a guy who was like, well, I'm just cruising right now. So I'm trying to like be in a you know health phase. So I've been running, you know, I can't remember what he said for his test and I'm using a thousand Primo. Because it's, it's, it's gotten there. Do you know what I mean? Like it started out with like the 15 Not because of us though. No, Not no, because no. of us. Of course yeah. not. Right. I, but, I, see okay. what, I see what you're saying. But that's like saying, um, you know, you can have a donut 
you know, to, to cheat and someone eats 12. Right, you know, eats right. Dozen donuts, like, exactly. This donut plan isn't working, Skip. I don't know what's wrong. <laughs> well, it's, well, it's, it's actually more like making the blink a statement that like GH has no side effects ever. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Because two to four units, most guys are never going to see insulin sensitivity issues. They're not going to see their blood pressure creep up. They're not going to see some of those other markers go south. Right. You throw in 20 units a day of whether it's generic or farm grade. I don't you're care good. You should point. be expecting to see some stuff. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you one more thing about the AIs. Yeah. About the AIs. I'm seeing a lot more plans when people share them with me of multiple AIs being used, like um, Arimidex and Letrozole or Aromas and Letrozole. Or in some cases, I knew of a bikini girl who was on all three. Go, going into it like this was that just she pulled like out of the, the show she pulled oh, out of the show yeah. she was going into a national show she pulled out of it the day she was there she pulled out of it the day of the show because she couldn't get off the couch she couldn't she couldn't walk that's wild yeah and then on that same note because i was talking to uh phil about biz about this yesterday he sent me a plan that he had seen of, of someone who's becoming a top name coach and it had something like 200 mics of clen and i think 50 or 100 mics or milligrams of ephedra Ephedrine. On top of. So, yeah, and I'm sitting here and I'm like, why are you using two beta two agonists? Like, they're hitting the same receptors. It just yeah. it just seems nonsense. It's not like one hits these certain beta receptors and this one hits these other beta beta two receptors. They yeah. hit the beta receptor. You're just downregulating yourself faster with the higher dose of, you know, receptor agonists in that, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, that comes guys- back to the conversation we were having earlier, though, about how there are so many trainers. And I, I'm, I try to avoid that these days, but I, I'm right there with you. It's a giant eye roll. Um, I'm sure it is to, to Phil as well. There's just, yeah. I, I don't even know how to respond to things like that because ultimately the listeners will go, oh, okay, you know, Skip and Andrew talking about someone else, someone else is talking about that. It's 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 kind of a where we think it's silly and and incredibly nonsensical. Someone came away from that probably with it may have had good results, and then they think that that's yeah. the way, and they're going to go train their clients because you know that competitor is also a trainer. So it's just a. Well, I'd a, say this also with a willingness to learn if there is some benefit to that, that I just have sure, not fair enough. come across. Not me. You know I'm what I mean? basically just judging. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I get what I'm you're saying. I'm more in your though. camp. I'm more in your well, camp. If there was something like, there, that's, then, then okay. Uh, yeah. But it's very similar to um, you know clients, and this one's a little bit more gray area, but you know people like to run a Fedrin um, when they're off of Clint. And yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying, yeah. You know, that, that's idea. another one that to me, and, and I, I've explained it over and over, you know, to clients before. And sometimes when you explain things over and over, it just becomes kind of like, you don't want to, you're not just like F it. Cause you know, you have to explain it, but it's mm-hmm. kind of an eye roll. It's just mm-hmm. like, I'm going to explain this for the thousandth time. Why, who is putting out this information that I have to counter all the time when I get someone. And, yeah. and it's not that they're doubting the information I'm, I'm giving them. It's just, you have to wonder too, that when they're done working with you or they go to work with somebody else, if they're not going, Oh, wow, that skips, he's just too old. He doesn't know what's going on. And they're like, okay, yeah, yeah that sounds good. He is old. He wants to know. It's just, sometimes it's laughable. You know, you do what you yeah. do. And- all right. How about this one? Um, when do you add in cosmetic compounds um, on top of muscle retention um, on prep cycles and how much higher than off season? Well, let's let's do this. First things first, let's define a cosmetic compound. 
Because honestly, I want to know exactly what this is because I'm not sure that I do. <laughs> Are we talking like adding in something like halo testing? Because it, it is a cosmetic compound, but it also has performance applications too, mm -hmm. especially if yeah. you're in a strength sport. Are we talking like trend? You know, because that's what I mean. I, mean, I, I think don't know. Milligram for milligram, I think that's just as good a building muscle as any other compound in the world. But we typically don't use it towards, you know, well, pre-2018, we didn't use it until like the last six, seven weeks of a show. Now it's, you know, 25 weeks out, we're, we're cruising on it before we do our start our cycle. <laughs> yeah. you, you, guys, you guys get what I'm I saying, right? I like, for yeah. my off season, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, we, we could literally oh say God. that every, every PED we put on our body is a cosmetic you know, yeah. true. Almost, Even like yeah. the other direction, like uh, Anadrol at the end, right? Mm -hmm. That's a cosmetic effect. We're thinking cosmetic, like Winstrel cosmetic. But hey, Winstrel. if you wanted more fullness and you took some Anadrol, some Superdrol, that's a cosmetic Super effect draw. as well. Yeah. So, I mean, if that's what they mean by cosmetic, that's cool. All I'm saying is, to me, I don't know what they mean, and it's just yeah. such a ambiguous term. I, I don't, I don't know what is meant by that. I get what you're saying, Halo, uh, last minute, you know, Anadrol, things like that, Superdrol. I get that if that's what they're referring to. So, what was the question again? Because I was hard to find. Sorry, I'm well, scattered. I'm trying to think of like what we can give them as an. I, I guess I would say this. I think they're thinking of the more dangerous compounds that are not your bread and butter, testosterone, EQ, you know, Masteron, things that you're, you're, you know, you're building your cycle with to come into a contest prep, right? And I think they're thinking about those things that produce an illicit, we'll say, drier look, for lack yeah. of a better term, right? That's what I would generally think too, yeah. Okay. But the thing to remember is that's more a side effect of your diet and where you, with the stage you are in with your diet, you know? Like how lean you are, you mean? you look a lot better at three weeks out than you did at six weeks out. And you look a lot yeah. better at six weeks out than you did at nine weeks out. You should, right? Yeah. And you're so, going to look a lot better on Anadrol at three weeks yeah. out than you are at 20 weeks out. At, oh, at yeah. nine or 10 weeks out. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. so I'll say this. You, you want to use them for shorter periods of time, right? You, this is not something you want to start at 20 weeks out because, A, you're going to kind of fool yourself into thinking you're in a better conditioned look than you really are. You know, like for me, like I don't like to use a lot of those things toward until the end of the cycle because I want to get you like 95% in shape before we start adding the goodies in. You know what I mean? So, so I'm not tricking myself through the pictures of how conditioned you are. You know, right. the last thing I want is to have think someone looks really good in their pictures and then have them show up on stage and be like, oh, they look like three weeks behind what I thought they were really look. I love it when it's the opposite way. You know, you know when you think someone's like behind because they're just sending you like horrible pictures and then you get them like maybe different lighting in the hotel room pictures or you actually go to the show and you see them on stage and you're like, oh shit, like we're, we were actually like ahead the whole time. Like, like that's a big win, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's better than the opposite, right? It's way better than the opposite. So <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, I just think you want to use those things shorter duration, more sparingly. It's not the base or the bulk of your cycle. Yeah, yeah, I'd go with that. But next time, maybe add some specific compounds in because then we could definitely go off on specific compounds. Yeah, he did right. say, um, what is it? Because uh, there's a little bit more before that. Uh, Trend, Winnie, and Mast. There I missed no, that part of it. Yeah, there are no doubt uh, physique and cosmetic effects that come from those compounds. I was trying yeah, not to read that, the whole thing because I didn't want to piss Skip off. <laughs> well, and that's the thing with Mastron too, because I understand where people can see that as a cosmetic drug to put in. Like, honestly, I like Mastron to make my testosterone dosing that much more efficient and optimize it many, many weeks out. 
you know, fifteen mm-hmm. weeks out. I don't know, twelve, sixteen. Mm-hmm. I run it the whole damn cycle. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, that doesn't mean in huge doses or anything. But I think that yes, it has a, can have a cosmetic effect. It's I guess it's much like any other cosmetic. That's why it's confusing or ambiguous to me. You know, anadrol. It, it's 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 less the compound and how you use than it, than it is how you're using it or what you're using it for. Because anadrol is a, is a great oral and at the same time mm-hmm. it can be used at the last minute for a cosmetic effect so uh, i'm big on master mm-hmm. i love, love master this program James. is brought to you by Masteron. it is <laughs> and anavar <laughs> all right how about this one um why are bodybuilders using much more gear on prep when we know that to keep muscle you don't need that much is it because we are hoping that we can squeeze some growth out of that <laughs> even when we say that we don't grow in prep because you're not eating i mean this one's real simple because in a contest prep you're eating a lot less than you are in a con in a in a off-season phase off-season you're you're hard training your food your rest recovery those things should be driving the growth like gear to me is like the fourth part of the equation in an off-season in a contest prep it kind of shifts a little bit to where the gear is maybe the second most important thing in my in my opinion in terms of what you're going to look like so i think it just comes down to you need more gear and the other thing is who says you're just trying to maintain muscle in a contest prep i think we've talked about this a number of times like mm-hmm. i feel like I've, I've always made my best progress being the most insulin sensitive I'm going to be throughout the whole course of a year in a contest prep when I'm layering PEDs in. I, I feel like, you know, my look from six weeks out to the day of the show drastically changes with a much more positive swing, two to three pounds more in muscle uh, muscle tissue. So it's not just a matter of maintenance into a cont- in a contest phase. Yeah. And, and I come on the other end of the spectrum where I grow and progress a little bit until about the time where you start to grow and progress. It's usually around that six to eight weeks out when when I'm really getting down body fat down to the point where I'm digging into my trouble areas. Those are my scare quotes right there. There we go. Um, not air quotes, scare quotes, but that's another rabbit hole for a later time. Um, it's just something that that is, in, is kind of individual. Um, and I think, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take... What are you going to do? I'm going to be nice. I'm going to try to be nice. I'm going to take issue with with the statement we know. Mm. That, oh, I'm sorry. But oh, I dude, take that as an implication of, well, that I guess my opinion just really doesn't matter. What it, mm-hmm. These are opinions. And, and I will say this because I'm trying to tread lightly in the sense that Andrew and I, I think we're on the same page with Scott has a different opinion. I don't like not respect his opinion or John Jewett's for that matter. And, and I have a lot of respect for the knowledge that John has, but I just disagree. I had a lot of respect for, um, and still do for John Meadows, but I gave mm-hmm. him crap about the Meadows rose. Cause I think mechanically they were not sound. And I want to get you in the gym. That. I want to get you in the gym and show you the way I want to, I want to, I, you Andrew, will need to convince me. I, I, and, but, Andrew, but we need to, we should do that. when we yeah. all get together, we need to convince Skip. We need to show yeah. him how to do a good Meadows row. That's what I, and, think. and it may, and it may well be fun. We'll play around with it. And, but that's the whole, the point that I'm making is when, when people speak in absolutes, I tell my wife and kids yeah. this all the time, you will not hear me say never or ever. Mm-hmm. When I'm dealing with my kids, and my, because I don't like absolutes, there are exceptions. We're just giving different opinions. To me, it seems nonsensical 
And I, my brain can't understand how, like this guy asking the question, would think, and, and there are many others, would think that when you have all these calories and your recovery is maximized, how you or why you would need a ton of gear. But yet on the other side, when your recovery is not optimized and yeah. your caloric expenditure is higher and your caloric intake is lower, that you would not need more or benefit from more gear. I can't wrap my brain around that. And and I'm not again, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I can't wrap my brain around it. I have 40 years in my brain which doesn't make me right. It does not make me right. I'm just I can't grasp that part of it. So when someone says, "We know," I am sitting over here like, "You know what?" I don't understand how you know. I don't. It's a different opinion, and to me, can, one seems sensible, one seems nonsensical. That's it. It goes that far. Can I tell you how I know that what I'm talking about for me is correct? When you get to that certain point, and the scale stays the same or goes up, but you just keep looking tighter and drier every day. That's that's how I know I've gained muscle in that time period that I'm talking about. Some of it is cosmetic muscle due to growth hormone and 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 you know glycogen retention in the right places, water retention in the right places. But when that scale is going up and you're looking tighter and tighter and tighter, that's muscle growth. Okay. I think you can definitely grow. That, in it. But take it, that out of the equation. For what about the people? Let's just say there are plenty of people who, if they're on plenty of stuff in the off season, they go into a prep that they don't grow that happens too but even if you're not growing because the argument could be from the from people who think otherwise is well i'm not going to grow into you know like not everybody can grow into so i don't need as much gear we're not saying to take it to grow i'm well you may and and there's the possibility that what i'm saying is even if you're not going to grow muscle retention when you're calorically when you're in a deficit and your expenditure is even higher just what I can't understand what part of that is not logical. You're going to retain, even if you don't grow, muscle, more muscle than if you have less of a compound or less sure. uh, with the argument or with the caveat of if you're just taking way too much, more stuff than you need. You're overfilling the glass and you're wasting it. That, mm. I guess, could be the argument. But man, it's. But we don't know. Yeah, yeah, we don't. I, you know what? Listen to whoever. Yeah. And I said, I'm like, if try I, my final comment was just try it both ways. But please yep. come back to me and tell me so that I know how you responded, which is kind of like, yeah, I know you'll be back or I know <laughs> you won't be back because but maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. Ultimately, you have two opinions. So try them both. See what happens and go with the even if it's not what I said, if it's yeah. what somebody else said, then go with that. I'm not going to argue with you. If you responded that way, that's fine. What were you going to say, Scott? Oh, I was just, I, you struck something with me, Andrew, and it's kind of not quite on this topic, but it kind of is. It, it, you made me think because it kind of started jogging my memory of when I was more competitive, when I had more competitively, competitively body built. Skip. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to work that word back in. But you know what, man? I always, I always really did make my best progress, too, when I was in more of a, the, the cleaner contest prep phase. And, it, and granted, man, although I do believe that you don't need to hammer the gear like crazy um, or, or I should say harder in a prep, I'm not saying that I didn't do that, too. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not saying that I'm not part of that. Um, yeah. 
But I really did. I made my best progress in every year that I came out of a contest prep. I was definitely better. Like when I filled mm-hmm. out, I would be better. Yes. And I think that that would be the case for a lot of people. And I get people that are afraid just in general to diet. You know, somebody comes to me and they, they, they're holding like enough fat that you can grab a handful of it on their side. Right. Mm-hmm. And they say, hey, I want to do a really hard bulk, you know, and I'm thinking <laughs> to myself like and they don't really have a diet right now. And it's mm-hmm. like if you just clean their food up and you can push the calories up with clean food, I guarantee you that they're going to start tightening up, right? And we could start getting them into a position where maybe then we start pulling food. And eventually we get to that point where now we need to add food back in. Like, I really believe that you can up to a point, you know, grow. And this is, I I pulled this aside while you guys were talking because this is the example I always show them. Now, this guy was natural. Check this out. He's a men's physique guy, by the way. Mm -hmm. But this is a before, like, as he started his prep on the left and then Mm -hmm. that was like eight weeks like we stopped working together he went off to do his own thing but he took that picture in the gym eight weeks after the prep seven eight weeks and like there's There's no no, question like he gained muscle you know what i mean and this is not even like he has a pump that's like that's muscle growth yeah and this is a friend of mine vache local guy men's physique competitor at the state level and this dude had to diet so hard. Like he, we were doing high cardio. He would be on keto for extended periods of time. Then we'd be on like protein only. So there's probably a point in there where he stopped growing. But I, so it, it wasn't really tied to the whole gear thing, but the whole mm-hmm. like you can't grow whatever. You, yeah. know, you're, you, you can grow like you really can grow. And I do think that if you were to push the gear up higher, then you're probably going to grow even better. Up to that mm-hmm. point where you probably like, like you said, Skip, took too much, yeah. and now you're like in it. You do that, it's just going to be bad for everything. I don't care what you're doing with your diet, right? Yeah. Right. And you guys for have sure. had clients, I'm sure it doesn't happen all the time, but where they start the prep, and when they finish the prep, they're maybe two pounds different. Yeah. Oh yeah. Those so, are I mean, awesome. You know, you have such a massive, you know, recomp and. You know, the argument could, well, it's only two pounds. No, it's, yeah. you do a dex on that and it's pretty insane what the difference mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Well, I think that's all we had time for, guys. And uh, I don't know what's going to happen with the show because Skip's traveling uh, for Christmas. So we may okay. be off for a week or something like that. I don't know. But we'll find something to fill things in uh, regardless. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll have to touch base on that in the future. When we'll talk off the air, figure that yeah, out. We're gonna figure. All right. Well, we appreciate you guys hanging with us for another episode of Blood, Sweat, and Gear. Go over to bodyberry.com. You can reach out to Andrew there. Teamskip.com. You can reach out to Skip over there. Uh, hit me up, McNallyDiets at gmail.com on email, of course. Reach out to me there. And of course, TrueNutrition.com. Use our code THINK for additional savings, high quality third party tested supplements. Uh, plus, using the code helps to support us. It lets them know that their advertising is going to good use. SupplementSource.ca for Canadians. Lots of great deals over there. And thank you to everybody from Patreon. You guys are freaking awesome. I've been trying to get early releases out to you to say thanks for uh, helping to support the show. For another episode of Blood, Sweat, and Gear, guys, we will see you soon. Happy holidays. (laughs) Happy holidays. Bells will be ringing. I was going to say you're going to finish. 